Welcome to the Bluff Finance Podcast. My name is Eric Baskin, and today I'm going to be talking about VA disability benefits. This is an episode that I've been wanting to do for a little while. This is something that I'm going through currently right now as a transitioning service member and something that I've been doing quite a bit of research on. I'm certainly not the all-knowing expert on this topic. There are many people much smarter than I that know lots more about it. But I think after doing some research, I do know more than quite a bit of people about this and have some things to share that I think could spread the word about these benefits. Most active duty members that are currently in the military, not even close to separation or retirement, aren't totally tracking what these VA disability benefits are and aren't. And I think these are important things to know for those on active duty, those that are in transition, and also veterans who served and may have something that is wrong with them that they're able to claim. So this is all about getting what you are legally entitled to for your family. Sometimes I've talked to folks that have a certain opinion on VA disability benefits and see those that are claiming them that aren't in a wheelchair or have, you know, something wrong with a limb. You kind of have this picture in your head, a lot of people do, of those disabled veterans being those who maybe lost a limb overseas in Afghanistan or Iraq or have burn marks, things of, things of that nature. But a disabled veteran comes in all shapes and sizes. I know several veterans that are 100% permanent and totally disabled, and you would know it looking at them. They have, they walk normal, they look like they're in decent shape for their age, and they have nothing outwardly wrong with them. Obviously, there's much more to that story, much more beneath the surface. There's mental health, there's all kinds of things that you can't see. But it's about, the VA disability process is ultimately about getting what you are legally entitled to for your family. It's not about scamming the government. It isn't about trying to nickel and dime the government. It's not about lying. It is getting medical care while you are on active duty, getting things documented. And then when it comes time to transition out, you are filing a timely disability claim and getting what you are legally entitled to. And if things get worse over time, or if you think that you were wrongfully rated during your separation or your your retirement, you can go back and have those claims relooked at. So that's just the VA disability overview right there of kind of the theory behind it, just the mindset to put you in. So the types of VA claims. So for transitioning service members, there's a timely type of claim called a BDD claim, which is, stands for benefits delivery at discharge. You can file this claim if you're between 180 and 90 days from your separation or retirement date. And what this basically does is just put you on a fast track I filed one of these claims. It makes sure that you get your benefits at discharge. That's the goal of the program. Make sure that you get your appointments, you get your VA disability rating if you are awarded one, and you begin receiving benefits pretty much right when you're out. So if you're in that window and you're kind of, and you have your ducks in a row and you're able to submit that BDD claim when you're transitioning out, that is the way to go. If you are after that, window, you will submit a FDC fully developed claim, which is less than 80 or 89 or less days out or any time after that. And this is a fast track. This is for those who also have their stuff in order and don't necessarily need all the help to get the documents together. Uh, a standard claim would be the third one. This is, you can submit this at any time. And this is where the VA plays a little bit more of an active role in collecting your documents. So 
BDD claim is the preferred method for those who know they want to file a VA disability claim and are planning this in advance of transition. After that, an FDC claim or a standard claim. I do, I'm not an expert on these claim types. I filed a BDD claim myself. I would talk to your VA reps at your base to see which claim type is best for you. So the basic process, how it works, you go get your medical records, you go to the med group, get a copy of those. You get with a VSO, a veteran service officer, or another accredited representative, and I'll talk about those a little bit later, and I'll put some links to resources to find those. But basically, they are at or around all bases and are here to help you with your VA claim. That's that's their job. So highly recommend using them. They are free, typically for transitioning members. These services will be free, whereas those who are going to look for an increase, that's typically when more of the law firms might come into play, the ones that you'll see if you Google VA disability, anything related to VA disability, all these all these firms will come to the top. And I can't recommend one one or another. I can just say some of them are probably worth it. Others, maybe not. But anyways, medical records, give the VSO or another accredited representative to help you organize your claim. They'll go through your... So I sat down with my VSO at Wright-Patterson. He went through my health record and picked out things that he saw in there that might be worth claiming. And then he'll help you prepare that claim. You'll go and drop that off at the VA, which for us was in the med group. Then I go to all of a sudden in the next month or so after that, you start getting calls and emails to schedule your C&P exams, which is compensation and pension. Then after that, the VA takes their time for a few months and you get a decision. The idea is sometime around your separation or retirement date. And then your benefits will start a month or so after that, depending on the exact day that you transition out. I think they don't pay partial benefits. So if you're out on October 1st, they're not going to pay you at all for October. They'll pay you for November, but then you don't receive that check until December 1st. So anyways, that's the brief overview of how it works. When you, to file a claim, the things, the key things that they're looking at are proof, so medical records while on active duty, uh, and then some sort of medical evidence, and then you needed a nexus that it happened in service, right? That's the nexus just means there's a connection to service. And if you're documenting things while you're on active duty, your medical service record is your your health record is your nexus. That happened on active duty. I think there's a misconception that things have to be done to you by the medical, by the by the military and the government. Like there had to be a wrongful medical outcome that is the fault of the government or the government made you, you know, pick up a barbell or something during a training exercise and you dropped it on your foot, like it doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter how it happened. It doesn't matter if it's the government's fault or your fault. You had something happen to you on active duty that negatively affects your health and therefore your life. And that is potentially eligible for a VA disability claim. So these benefits, what are these benefits actually worth? But the answer is quite a bit of money. So VA disability benefits are completely tax-free to the veteran, and they range from a 10% rating all the way up to an 100% rating. So right now, I'm looking at a chart that says, with no dependents, a 10% rating is worth $165. Just to give you an idea, a 50% rating is worth $1,000. 70% is 1663 and 100% is 3621. That's per month 
tax-free money. And if you have a spouse or dependents, those amounts only go up. So a 100% disabled veteran with a spouse and a couple kids is going to get over $4,000 a month tax-free. So these disabilities, the math is really weird. So it goes from in 10% increments from 10 to 100. Your combined disability is 35%. It would round up. So once you hit that five number, it does round up. But the math is very weird. So if you're disabled, if you have a 50% disability for, let's say, your leg, just making stuff up, and then you have a 20% disability for your arm, you would not receive a 70% rating. You would receive the 50%, and then you would add 20% of that remaining 50%, if that makes any sense. So that would be 50% plus 10%, because 20% of 50% is going to be 10%. So anyways, it basically, if you think about it, if half of you is disabled for that first disability, then there's only half of you left, half of your working body left, if you will. So the VA continues to rate you based on what percentage of you is not disabled. So it's very, very difficult. If you think about it to get to 100, you need to have very, very big things or a lot of very little things because when you get up into the 90% range, it's going to be very difficult to get to that 100 because there's only 10% of you that is healthy. So any rating, so when you're at 90% and you get a 10% for your ankle, that's only going to add 1% to your combined overall rating. So a little bit confusing. I'll put a calculator, my favorite one that I've used personally. It's probably, I think it's the first one on Google when you do VA disability calculator. I'll put that in the show notes. But so, so the benefits are obviously valuable. Some other key, there's tons of, of benefits. I'm not going to list them all, but some other key things that to know is that if you are 10% disabled, you will receive free healthcare at VA facilities for those specific disabilities. And you also pay no funding fee for VA loans. So that's a big one. I think that people don't know about and people are paying those on active duty when they're buying houses with 0% down or, or less than 20% down, right? They're using that VA loan, not that conventional. We'll do another episode on that because that's an interesting topic as well. But if you are a 10% service-connected disabled veteran, you'll pay no funding fee. 20% disabled, you will have, you'll be eligible for VRNE, which is Veterans Rehabilitation and Employment, which is a special program that will help you. It can help you do all kinds of things. So it can help you with employment prep, paying for certifications. Like if you can prove that your disabilities are hindering you from becoming employed, they can help you paying for things, paying for school even. It, the There are reports out there of VR&E paying tuition way beyond GI Bill, people using that to, to go to school. So that's a very dependent on your situation and your exact case that those, that the benefits of there are going to vary wildly, but that's something to get with your local veterans office about if, if that applies to you. 50% disabled, you have free healthcare at the VA for any disability. So that is just for you. For the rest of your life, you have free healthcare at the VA for any, sorry, any healthcare issues. I didn't mean disabilities. So 10% is just, so if I have a broken arm or if I have a bad shoulder and I get rated at 10% for that, I can go to the VA hospital for just that shoulder forever. But if I have a bad shoulder, a bad knee, a bad foot, a bad back, and it all adds up to my combined rating is at least 50%, I can go to the VA 
facility for my healthcare forever for as long as I'm rated at 50% for anything that's wrong with me, all healthcare issues. So that's that's another one to think about. If you are 100% disabled, by the way, 16.9, this is a stat I found online, 16.9% of those who have disability rating at all are 100%. So there's a lot of them out there. If you're 100% disabled, if you're permanent and totally disabled, you have free healthcare for you and your family at the VA through the CHAMP VA program. I'll put that in the show notes as well. But 100% P&T is what you'll hear people refer to it as. Free healthcare for you and your family through the VA. Also 100%, no property taxes in many states. So depending on your state, many of them, I know they do here in Ohio, they waive property taxes. Each of your dependents gets 36 months of the GI Bill. So usually you have to split the GI Bill up, but each of your dependents can receive 36 months of GI Bill benefits. Free college in some states. So I know in Ohio, we have scholarships for in-state tuition for 100% disabled veterans for, for their children. So they're going to go to school here in Ohio. It's free. I know there's other states that have similar programs. So these are very state dependent when you get into tax and education benefits. So look up the benefits in your state. I'll actually put a link in the show notes to a resource that can show a breakdown of all the states. So. Obviously very valuable. Like you can almost look at the, just like the income benefit. So throw out all that other stuff that I just talked about, but just the income benefit of VA disability is worth a lot of money. So if you do compound interest, you know, time value of money calculation, receiving, I did a post on this recently. So receiving a 10% rating is like having $50,000 in a portfolio that can provide you that income. So I, I think I did that by, you know, taking that monthly amount, you know, multiplying it by 12, multiplying that by 20, right? Because if we're going to assume, I think I did maybe 25, we're going to assume the 4% rule on a portfolio. So I'm kind of just backing out. I'm reconstructing, hey, what portfolio would we need to give you this income? So 10% was $50,000 portfolio. 30% was 150 grand. 70% was $500,000 portfolio. And 100% was a million, over a million dollar portfolio. So Super, super valuable benefits that are out there that you are legally entitled to if this applies to you. Other weird things to know, claims filed up to one year post-separation or retirement are backdated and assumed to be connect service-connected. So I'm out on 1 October. So until 1 October next year, I can add to my claim. I can say, oops. My neck hurts. I want to be looked at for that. So anything I file will be assumed to be service-connected because it's within that first year. And then the benefits will be backdated to my separation date. So just an interesting thing that I think another thing that people don't necessarily track. Being disabled does not affect your ability to work unless you are TDIU, which is total disability based on individual unemployability. So this is where Maybe your combined rating is 50% or 60%, right? It's not 100, but you make the claim to the VA that, hey, this disability that you rated me for is so bad that I legitimately cannot work. The VA can award you 100% benefits if you have that big of a disability, and but, it, but you'll be 100% TDIU. You won't be 100% PNT. So that's that's kind of the difference between the two, but if you are TDIU, that would affect your ability to earn wages, but any other disability, 100% permanent in total. So I talked about the benefits with that, right? No state taxes, they get 
they get all that stuff free via healthcare, right? They can still go make a million dollars a year. So it does not affect your ability to work. Gap in service could affect your ability to come back into the reserves or Air National Guard. So here's one. If you're thinking about like getting off active duty, maybe after five, six, seven, ten 10 years, and then coming back into the reserves or Air National Guard, having that gap in service could affect, and then, and then filing that VA disability claim, depending on what you have wrong with you, that could affect your ability to medically qualify for coming back into the reserves or National Guard if that is something you, you plan on doing. So that's something to think about. A lot of times folks file these claims and things come up, like sleep apnea is actually very common. That is a 50% rating, I believe, right now. And again, that's something that you probably wouldn't qualify to come back into the reserves if you get that when you separate. Also, if you're going straight into the reserves or Air National Guard, you are able to have a rating and still be in the reserves or National Guard. So something that people also don't realize. The Reddit community is huge out there. So if you have questions on a specific thing that you think might be wrong with you, hey, arthritis in my knee, back pain, shoulder pain, whatever it is, or questions about the specific questions about the VA disability process, I would Google it and put Reddit at the end. And there's probably somebody out there that's got an answer. The Reddit community in this specific niche is very, very big and active. And then lastly, I think you shouldn't have to pay anything for your your BDD claim. If you've got your ducks in a row, you've been documenting things, you, you go to your VSO or your accredited representative uh, by your base, they should help you out. You shouldn't have to pay anything for that. Lots of organizations are out there to help you if you need professional help later, maybe for an increase. If you were rated at 70%, but you think that is incorrect or things have gotten way worse, there are lots of organizations out there that can help you for a fee or get an increase, but it usually will be worth it. If you do get an increase, you think about getting increased from 70% to 100%, that's, that's going to be quite a bit of monthly pay for the rest of your life. And paying a fee for that may may be worth it. So just something to think about. But for those who are transitioning out and filing just a BED claim, they really shouldn't have to pay anything for that. So in summary, action items. If you're in active duty, go to the doctor for things that you have wrong with you. That's as simple as and as, as, as blunt as I can put it. This is, you want to get healthcare. We get healthcare as a benefit. We should use it. Don't tough it out. So I want you to get care for things that are wrong with you because I want you to get better. But I also, you know, you also need to have that documented in your uh, electronic health record because when it comes time for you to leave, you need to have proof if you're going to file any sort of VA disability claim that there has been chronic and ongoing issues in one or more areas. Second action item, file BDD VA claim with your VSO or accredited representative. Uh, Third one is keep adding to it a year out. So after you transition out, Keep adding that claim if if that applies to you and if things are popping up or you forgot about something. And then I would say just continue to be seen for things that are wrong with you, whether you're in or out of the military. Use your benefits. You get TRICARE Prime on active duty, TRICARE for reserves if you're in the reserves. Like These are awesome healthcare benefits that people don't really understand until they get out and have to pay real healthcare premiums if they're if they're not on if they're not retirees healthcare is very very expensive so we have healthcare coverage for free use it get things in your service record and then make sure you're keeping track of everything the timelines and resources that you have to you when you go to transition out so 
that's all for today. That was an action-packed episode. Again, I'm not expert on this. I've just done a lot of research recently for myself, and I'm and I'm going through this right now. So, just wanted to share my two cents and thought that this would be helpful for at least one person listening. So, thank you so much for being here. If you thought this was a useful episode, would love for you to share with a friend. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, would love to have you rate and review. That really helps this show be shown to more folks looking for military finance tips. I would really appreciate the positive feedback so far and positive reviews. So thank you so much again for being here. And I'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks.